Hello, I'm Trevor Cooper, and welcome to Doctor Whose Line Is It Anyway, where everything's made up and neither script nor canon matters. Hello, lovely, lovely listeners. Welcome back to Doctor Who's Line, is it? Anyway, where again we are on the review trail. This time we're reviewing episodes three and four of Doctor Who Flux. That is, Once, Comma, Upon Time and Village of the Angels. All great stuff. So, without any further ado, let's get over to me, Randy, and Darren and Nick. Ooh, Darren's back. Great stuff. So over to us to talk about that. So welcome back, one and all, to our review of the third and fourth chapters of Flux. Uh, I'm delighted to say we've got Darren with us this week. Hello, Darren. It's been a while. Hello. Not sure why I'm waving, as nobody can see it. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel your wave, Darren. I can feel it. Um, we've got Randy, we've got Nick here as well. Sue is going to be joining us in a short while. I'm not quite sure why, because apparently she hasn't seen either of these. <laughs> but hey-ho. That's she she always gives the best reviews, though, when she hasn't seen mm-hmm. Well, she does, and yeah. we, we have a lot of fun with it. But anyway, so just before we start on these these two, Darren, what did you think of the first two episodes? The first one was the Halloween. Halloween Apocalypse, it? yes, and the second yeah. one was War, War of the Santarans. Halloween Apocalypse, I did not particularly care for. Um, I wouldn't say it was rubbish, but it didn't really do very much for me, to be honest. Can't really remember much about it, <laughs> truth is. I just know I wasn't mad about it, which is why I was pleasantly impressed the second week by War of the Sontarans, which I thought was outstanding. Yes. Um, yes. But yeah, the, the, the first one, I, I, I don't really remember what happened much. There was a um, lot of setting up. Yeah. It, it, oh, yes. Yeah, it was all over the bloody place. Um, it, tried to, it tried to cram in way, way too much in too short a space of time. It just didn't gel at all. So, yeah, I think that was why that one didn't land for me. But leading into the War of the Sontarans, I really enjoyed that one. I thought that was a cracking episode. Yes. Um, it was nice to see some Sontarans that weren't funny. Yes, exactly. I think we all feel the same yeah. about that. Mm. Although they did have their moments. Uh, of course. Sort of amusing moments without being comically hilarious. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the same way as the Doctor or the Companions have their their amusing moments without yeah. being generally ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, that's right. <laughs> you could say that they're all generally ridiculous anyway, but you have to take them seriously most of the time, otherwise mm. the whole drama wouldn't work. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, good. Right, so moving on to parts three and four, and I think we ought to possibly address these slightly separately because... They're very, very different. Um, mm. Part three, yeah. Once Upon Time. 
we'll start with Nick. What did you what did you think to that one? Well, I I watched it under slightly different circumstances. I was around at my sister's that Sunday and um uh we we watched I watched it with her and my brother-in-law and my nieces. Bearing in mind they hadn't seen either of the previous two episodes. So I started off having to explain what was going on. Then after about 10 minutes, I thought, I can't be fucking bothered anymore. I'm sorry, you just have to watch it. So, and also there was noise going on in the background. And it was a bit of a surreal episode. So I thought, I've seriously got to watch this again on iPlayer when I get home. I, I was loving what I was seeing, but I was aware that there was so much going on. And it struck me, you know, watching it with people who haven't been following it, I thought, well, this is probably the first time since about survival episode three that somebody you know tuning into doctor who and not having seen the previous episodes would have no fucking idea what was going on basically because you know most of the previous ones from 2005 onwards have been pretty self-contained you know but episode three was a serious episode where you had to have known what had happened in the previous two i think but once i got home watching it on an iplayer i was amazed at the Actually, it was as mad as a box of frogs, but I think it was a fantastic episode. It just, it was clever. Nothing has been done like that before. It sort of like answered a few questions, posed a few more. Very interesting structure. I know it's divided people, but I just thought this is quite unique as an episode in what it was doing and the the things it was telling us. And I, I liked it for that. I really enjoyed it because of that. Good. Good. Uh, Randy, what did you think? Similar, plus also having some of the feeling of of, uh, Darren's reaction to episode one, that it was almost too much. I I think I've uh, watched it twice and I still need to watch it a couple more times to try and soak up (laughs) what was going on. Um, So, yeah, I, I almost think it would have been better added out to a couple episodes it was just so much coming yeah and do you do you think do you think that this is possibly because we obviously we were supposed to be getting eight episodes this season and then it was curtailed to six do you think that possibly possibly they've had to they would have maybe stretched this over a couple of episodes just to give it a little bit more room to breathe yeah yeah i could see that unless maybe the the chaos was part of the intent. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it seems like, you know, what else can we throw in here? And, oh, here's the Cybermen, too. <laughs> do, you, do you think, I mean, the whole eight-episode thing, I mean, do you think they were unsure about how that was going to pan out? Because, I mean, there's two specials next year which add up to it, and then the, the 100th anniversary one is a one that they've been given, isn't it? So yes. I, w- I wonder if they were just told we're going to do eight episodes and they weren't quite sure how that was going to fit. Yeah, until there is, quite a, there late is a possibility. Day, you know. I did wonder if it was, you know, Jodie Whittaker and potentially Mandy Gill and uh, John Bishop as well, maybe it were contracted for an eight episode eight series. Episodes, mm. right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then when, when it was obvious that they, they maybe couldn't do what they wanted to do within a whole series and that they'll, and that Chris and Jodie were going to be moving on, that they yes. decided then to maybe yeah. change it so that yes. um yeah. so that we they 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 then had one of them, which may have been the the, the Christmas stroke New Year special anyway. Mm. Mm. The eight. Yeah. Um and but then 
holding the other one back for a few months as a, as a, as a I've just been reminded of something because I mentioned this to you, Miles. The the YouTube clip for Time of the Angels gave the date as the twenty eighth of November. Whereas oh, yes, yes, the episodes, yes. the episode and the next time preview said the twenty first. So maybe there would have been another episode yeah. on the twenty first last Sunday. And maybe mm. the Angels one was meant to be this. So there might be some truth in that. Maybe they were gonna ah. do more episodes. Yes, I mean we're, we're moving yeah. on very slightly to 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 the next episode, but yes, obviously, but yes. um, this is one of the very rare times in Doctor Who where the 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 date of of the fictional the fictional date within the episode is mm-hmm. the, the transmission date of the yes. episode as well. Yes, yes. So that being the case, if the date had been planned to be the twenty eighth, mm. it would have been a week a week behind. Yes, <laughs> so, yeah, so I don't know. Um, if, the Halloween apocalypse was broadcast at Halloween as well, so maybe there was an yes. episode that yeah. could only have fitted in last Sunday, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. There is even, I suppose, potentially the possibility that, that the whole 28th, 21st thing, um, they maybe changed some of the dialogue. They did yeah. a bit of ADR to change yeah. 28th, 21st. I think so. I think they must have. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I think you might, you may have noticed noticed that in... Because I, I can't remember if any time when twenty first was mentioned, whether it was whether we saw the mouth move at that point or whether no, it was just I, I a voice heard or not. And it was uh, was it a Claire, isn't it? She she hands the paper to the doctor and she says the twenty first. You only hear her voice; you don't see her say it. Right. So they they added it as a voiceover as she hands the, the newspaper to the doctor. I think. Well, it's possible then in that in that instance. I mean, yeah. in the greater scheme of things, it doesn't really matter, but it's it's interesting to speculate. Mm, yeah. So, Darren, bearing in mind what you thought of the first episode, what did you think of the third episode? Well, the first time I watched it, I wondered if I had the weird wrong mushrooms in my curry <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and gone down some sort of weird rabbit hole. I was just left wondering what the bloody hell it was. But that said, I liked it. It, it was a chaotic mess. An enjoyable chaotic mess, and it was uh, it was intriguing, which the first episode I didn't find had that sort of intrigue behind it. The second time I watched it and paid a bit more attention and let it sink in a bit more, yeah, I, I, I thought it was a solid episode. Not as good as War of the Sontarans, but yeah, no, I really liked it. I, I thought the, the bouncing about all over the place just about managed to work. I think if, if, if it had crammed in just one more thing, it would have f***ed the whole thing. Mm. But it just it just it just about managed to stay vaguely sane without going over the top. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah no, I, I, yeah. I liked it. I thought it was I Good. thought it was really well done. In hindsight, it was a clever way to do a flashback episode, wasn't it? Because that's what all of it was mostly mm. flashbacks. Yes. You know, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but done yeah. in a very also, clever way. Also, a good a good way of not having additional cast members, particularly mm. in a time when obviously mm. COVID restrictions are in place, yeah. by utilising the existing cast members and having them play the parts of other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's quite quite a clever way around it. Mm. I again, like like everybody else, first of all, I, it was like, gosh, this is this is a bit busy, isn't it? Mm. I'm not sure how much the the general public are going to are going to follow what's going on unless they've been paying attention to the, the previous two episodes. Yeah. As the episode went on and you realised what was actually happening, that the Doctor had placed everybody 
within their own time streams and because their recent memories were with the the people they were with that those people were sort of seeping into those mm. and uh, and and they seemed to be aware that the fact that they were reliving moments from their past yeah so it became then more and more apparent what was going on and and obviously because that's something that you you realized as the episode was happening so when you went back and rewatched it a second time it held together a lot more because mm. you you knew what was going to happen and you were mm. you were ready for it and so you were able to follow things follow yeah. things a bit better um th- it's th- interesting that the ai for this one was the, the lowest lo- the lowest of any since it's mm. been back. yeah Although yeah, the yeah. Re- the recent trend seems to have seems to have just just dribbled down a bit, so I don't know if if we can treat the way that the AIs are being done as as something akin to the way that the viewing figures have have changed recently, which is obviously everything is down. Yeah. But if you look at the the chart position, then it, it it's, still it's still doing high, isn't it? Extremely yeah, well. It's, it's, yeah, it's, hold, it is. it's holding its own against programs like Coronation Street and yeah. EastEnders. Both yeah, of very much have so. equally equally low rubbish viewing figures. Yeah, I don't think yeah. you can. I don't think you can look at viewing figures anymore, and I certainly don't think you can look at Barb because they take a sample size of what five thousand people. Five thousand, yeah. And, yeah, and I just don't think that's reflective anymore. And no, it's, and, 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 and also that's that's what you're looking media. at the AI figures as well. The AI yeah. figures yeah. are also based on a on a yeah. five thousand. And the way people consume media is totally different nowadays. Well, I rather imagine a lot lot of people might even watch these six episodes over the Christmas holiday. They might not be bothered to watch it at the moment. We we, we were saying that, you know, people have got catch-up services, streaming services, DVDs and Blu-rays of the series when it comes out. And uh, for some people, they may not even bother watching it at the time. I know, I know it's less relevant with the BBC for me, but with ITV, or with everything, I record everything and start it about five or ten minutes behind everyone else. Um, so that you miss the adverts then? Yeah, so I can just skip out all the adverts on everything. Yeah, 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 I do exactly um, the same thing. So if, if I was a bar viewer, my, my viewing wouldn't count. Mm. Certainly well, you had, that has to be live, is it? Um, on the right. other night. Yeah, for the seven-day viewing, I think they take into account the number of streams and things like that. But yeah, for the overnights, it has to be live. Okay, it's interesting. It would be interesting to have communication with somebody who may be a member of of, of Barb or who has an in-depth knowledge of how it all works, just to have a, a run through of exactly how the uh, how the system how the system works and yeah. uh, it might it might clarify a few things for people when it comes to that to that but i don't mm. i don't know anybody and obviously i don't think we're, unless there's somebody listening who who does know who like to come on they, and, think, and talk about really it really exist I think, <laughs> I think they're just fictional and somebody sits there in a room and say ah it. yeah we call that one out 75 and we'll say three million watts yeah there's there's That's actually 50, there's actually 50 people yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> And they're extrapolating from that. Yeah. yeah. Right. So to go into and hello Sue, by the way. Hello, hello. Sue. Hello, hello, me darling. Hello, my sexy. I've missed you so. Hello, boobs. How are you? Um, I'm here. <laughs> You're here. Sexy. Yes. Good. I'm Pardon here. me, Randy, yeah. while I flirt outrageously. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> But not, but not for too long because we're in the middle of a review. So, <laughs> so episode uh, yeah. three then brought us several 
new things. It it brought us probably most significantly brought us Bell mm. mm-hmm. and Bell's story. What do we think to that? Where you know, do we think that fits in well with with how it, everything else is doing? Do we think it's there's mm. some <laughs> some some great significance to this relationship and the uh, the wonderfully um, explained as yet unborn baby? Yeah. Uh, well, you yeah. see, I I've noticed what they, they mentioned talking about meeting at the academy. I noticed yes. Bell and Vinda. I was wondering whether that's got some Time Lord reference to it. I don't know. Whether... There, there, are, there are other academies. <laughs> well, there are, yes. Other, other academies are available. But um, I but mean, I they, they certainly seem to be some sort of military yeah, force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, so I'm, obviously military forces this... tend to have academies, so... There's yes. speculation on Twitter about them being the doctor's parents and things like that, and I hope mm-hmm. we're not going to go down that sort of road. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of the characters, yeah. I like them. I think they're. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think she's fantastic. Yeah, they're very well acted. The two yeah, of them. She, are very she reminded good reminded me a lot of Ace for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, I suppose taking on taking on a squad of Cybermen would. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not not dissimilar to taking on a Dalek with a baseball bat. So, no. yeah. and Vindaloo is quite good as well. <laughs> well, I've seen yes. him on, on Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> Sue is suffering from her usual problem of not being able to watch the episodes because of the the flashes and pyrotechnics and things that are going on. So, so uh, Sue is uh, really Sue is here. Too. Is is here for moral support and and to try and make sense of what she does know. I think. <laughs> so okay, so we um, because it's like sad. Okay. Yeah, that would be a good reason for it being sad. So yes, so, so the the main new addition for episode three was was Bell and this and the fact that uh, as we subsequently find out um, towards the end, but I think it becomes more apparent as time goes on that. That she's Vinda's life partner, as uh, as she mm-hmm. explains it, and that that clearly they were part of some sort of team. They mentioned fighting Daleks for a start, mm. so that's interesting. We uh, oh, it's all we Daleks, also we did yes, some, uh, yeah, nice nice little addition. They obviously they haven't had a, a major yeah, part in this, and I don't think I don't think they will. But as as a little cameo role, that's obviously it's lovely to see. Didn't, yeah. didn't they look fantastically shit? <laughs> <laughs> they looked they looked very gold and shiny. Which, I think, yeah, uh, and, I uh, think they were computer generated. They were all CGI. Generated. Yes. Yeah. They must yeah, have been yeah. yeah. Please don't yeah. make them land because we don't want to see the ground moving because that will cost us more money. <laughs> <laughs> they were uh, very but, cheaply I mean, done. The CGI. I've got to go back just very quickly. To the opening of Halloween because it was uh, the Halloween one because it was something I made a mental note of or uh, I tweeted about it at the time. The CGI was shite. I mean, shockingly shite in the pre- in the sort of preview bit. Once you got into the episode, yes, yes, it was yes. okay. But that first sort of opening sequence, the CGI looked mm-hmm. like they spent about three pounds fifty on it. It's terrible. Yes, it's uh, it, it's funny, isn't it? Because if we'd had what we've seen there back when the show first came out or or you know in the classic series yeah. we would be we would be hailing it as the most amazing incredible effects yeah. that we've we, that the show had ever produced yeah um and and obviously what what they're trying to do now is to compete with the sort of effects that you get from multi-million dollar budget 
movies. And to be fair, and to, to be fair, with what they're up against at the moment, with all the COVID shit, what they've been up against, mm. I think putting out anything at all is frankly a miracle. Oh yes, and and it's got to be said that, that yeah. a lot of the effects that we've seen have have been, yeah, uh, and the visuals oh, yeah. in general have have been amazing. And you know, you're not going to land it every single time. And something like like the the opening the opening scene of the first episode, it wasn't a significant part of the story, so they probably didn't spend so much time. Yeah, same with the same with the Daleks. Know, that, but I think, and the same I with think, the Daleks. You didn't. Uh, I think the Daleks are... looked like Daleks, and and you know, for, for yeah, the I, seconds I, they were on screen, they were perfectly adequate. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think I think these sort of slightly shonky effects are are our wobbly sets. <laughs> They're the equivalent, aren't they? Now, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and 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 we'll sort of we'll we'll look on them fondly, I think. Yeah. You know, weren't those effects a little bit naff? Like the bin eating Mickey in oh, yeah. uh, mm. season one. I mean, it's a terrible effect, mm-hmm. but we look upon it quite kindly, I think. And, 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 and that's the same with all the sort of classic era stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah. I mean, you know, the majority of us are watching this with, well, even better TVs than we had in 2005. So I, I don't believe yeah. there's, I don't believe there's anything that, I mean, even your big blockbuster Marvel movies look fake to me when I watch yeah. them. I think that looks fake. Sorry. So I don't think there's anything that really can trick you these days. So I think we know, we know. And I think, we know. I think we're, um, our minds are, are trained now yeah. because we know what yeah. to expect, you know, yeah. and, 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 and stuff that can be incredibly lifelike, there are still subtle hints that the brain picks up on yeah. to, to tell yeah. us that, it, that it's not. Yeah. And we are also, we're all critics, aren't we, these days? Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, obviously, Bell's then been introduced. We've also mm. had introduced, uh, as part of Vinder's backstory, the Grand Serpent, yeah. um, who is, a, is an interesting character, who, who I think it was, was the... The character who was briefly seen in the trailer, the pre-season mm. trailer, mm. Yeah. Um, walking um, walking through some sort of field that I had wondered if it wasn't going to be a, a young version of the Brigadier, because there is a there is a, a very sort of Nick Courtney-esque look from certain angles to um, to, to Craig Parkinson. Um, yeah. and, but uh, but a, a fascinating character who clearly we're seeing more of in in the next week or so yeah, as yeah. well. No um, idea who that was. <laughs> I can't who, remember. Yeah, what is that? The Grand Serpent was the guy who Vinda was rewarded for his valour mm. as becoming his sort of attaché. And then he was uh, he was doing that deal where he said, stop the recording, I'll, the deal will go ahead, but you have to kill these people. Mm. And Vinder then uh, decided that he couldn't just sit by and let that go unnoticed. And so filed the report about that, knowing that it was going to get back to the Grand Serpent. And as a result of which, he was then posted to oh, um, yeah. Outpost yeah. Rose. So so it was that guy, but he was your typical sort of almost morgus like if you like from caves mm. of Andrazan. Yeah, just very yeah. very very calm very detached very mm. ruthless single-minded character mm. a, a proper dick really and mm. uh and and what's interesting is in the, the trailer that we've seen for what's coming up he's he's in a suit and tie and looks to be on sort of 21st century earth which mm. is a, another yeah. intriguing thing yeah so we had him introduced we also had introduced 
we don't know what the character is. We know it's played by Barbara Flynn, but oh, yes. one of the doctor's yeah. memories, this this old woman who who played, oh, yeah. who told the doctor that this universe is over. The flux was not an accident. It was it was made because of the doctor. And then the doctor's pulled out of that particular memory, and, mm. and we've no idea what it is. And there's a lot of speculation as to who this character is. You know, is it is it um, a, another of the doctor's previous regenerations? Is it the White Guardian? Is it is it somebody who you know who we who we who we already know in a in a form that we're not aware of? And we've we've only seen this one brief scene with this character, so we, mm. we really don't have any idea. No. Um, I like this. Is, this is, uh, there's an instant light yeah. of her. Yes, yes, and it's fascinating that that you know what is virtually the halfway point of the of the story, we end up with these three new mm. themes introduced into the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, which obviously the the bell thing has has continued through the last episode and, and is clearly going to go further than that. The grand serpent, obviously, we didn't see last week, but he's coming back, and obviously we're going to see more of of Barbara Flynn's character. Mm. And this is something that that seems to uh, that seems to be happening all the way through. Is that each week we we still we still get something new introduced mm. this week. The the last episode, probably the episode that's had the least of new things being introduced. But uh, but we're getting you know, next week. We've got the Ood coming in. We've got mm. uh, we've got Kate Stewart coming in. So mm. so again, we've got new things being introduced again with that, uh, and it's happening all the way through. And we're getting towards the end of it. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. who knows? Where, well, where I, I wonder going. whether I wonder whether there might be some threads that carry through to the specials next year. I wonder whether mm. they'll wrap up the flux storyline, but. I mean, Chibnall's been very clever at seeding things throughout his three years that, you know, you might get a, se- a season that wraps up a season storyline, other things carry on into the next. And I-, I wonder whether elements of this might carry on into the specials next year. You know, I, I can't, yes, I I can't think, I see think... the next two weeks wrapping everything up, basically. Well, I, I, I don't think, in all honesty, you want to wrap everything up. I mm. mean, we've got this, the yeah. whole thing that we've, we've been seeing with... The, the doctor's past and her connection to the division mm-hmm. for example um yeah. clearly we're getting more information or more hints about that without knowing the full story about it all one of the things that that's, that we we mentioned again in our in our last review episode that yet there are certain things that we don't want to know yeah 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 do we ever really want to know everything about the doctor yeah, exactly. because if we do then the mystery of the character mm. then disappears. We mm. always want to have something that we're not aware of, and mm. and leaving these these open ended mysteries is great from a from a the perspective of those of us who like to discuss the program because it gives us so much to to speculate on, yes, uh, and and theories and things, and it keeps that interest going, and we're we're then constantly on the lookout for for little hints and things like that. And if you just drop the occasional thing every now and again without actually telling anything. Then that's great. Whereas if you just turn around and go, well, the doctor's name is actually Fred, yeah, and um, <laughs> and and you know, Vinda and Belle are her father, her father and mother, and and the Flux created Gallifrey, and, and blah blah blah. And, so, and suddenly it's like, well, okay, well, we know everything now, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It 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 
you know, it's the whole moonlighting scenario where mm. you didn't want Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd getting together because yeah, as soon yeah, as yeah. they got together, it, it took that particular ooh, will they, won't they, away. Away. Um, yeah, yeah. And this is this is what we've had with Doctor Who through the whole of its whole of its time. There's yeah. always been this this mystery surrounding surrounding the Doctor. You know, we we found out more and more as time has gone on, but yeah. we've never had everything completely answered. We've always had questions about the Time Lords and the origin of the Time Lords. And, and then mm. in recent times, the whole Time War thing and exactly yeah. what went on in that. Yeah. Just like Russell T. Davis said, you don't want to see it apart from anything no, else. No. Mm. You know, yeah. it, it would never in on the screen. It couldn't be what it's made up to be. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Because you, yeah. you can't show that. And, and how do you how do you show a, a, you know something going on through time at, uh, all at the same time and yeah. and what have you? But also just leave it there as, as something that for people to imagine because mm-hmm. it, it gives it gives that extra element to the show. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. actually, tying back in totally abstract here, but what you're just talking about Russell T Davis. I remember when the show first came back and, and he said he didn't have much of a desire to show alien civilizations because he thought they, they they couldn't do them justice, you know, like they did in, say, the Pertory era where they were going off to, you know, colony in space and stuff like that. And so a lot of Russell's stuff was quite Earth-based and you didn't see many, I suppose, alien planets or alien civilizations. I think Chibnall has turned that on its head because... I get the impression with Chibnall stuff is so universal. We we do see civilizations and we do see planets that are, you know, it just I just feels like the universe is bigger in Chibnall's Who. I think that it, makes it's sense. something you know it's I mean? something um, that 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 happened more and more through Stephen Moffat's time yes, as well. Yeah, it um, did. Yeah. And and in a show that can literally go anywhere at any time, to just keep showing everything on one planet at yeah. mostly one time yeah 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 it's like well what about everything else yes you know which is yeah. why it's great that we've had i mean certainly one thing that that um you know that that chibnall's done and done very well uh that we didn't see that much of that much of uh, prior to that was was the historical side of things yeah um, yeah, yeah yeah you know the hist- there's been there've been a far greater percentage of historicals yes um in in Chibnall's era, yeah, and I know it's a completely separate separate thing, but with uh, the Witchfinders, we were two thirds of the way through the episode, and I was thinking, is he actually going to do it? Oh, is he actually going to make this a pure historical? Mm. <clears throat> yes, which yeah. would have, and I think it, it it could have it could have just gone on and worked like that. I don't think it needed you know the the Morlocks and no and all of that no. all of that nonsense going on with it. It was working perfectly well as it was as as just a historical. And I mm. don't know if it if it would ever be done again, but certainly the the potential is there to to be able to do it. And it's and maybe cycle. in the yeah maybe if you know Russell T Davis's potential plans come to fruition then mm. we might get historicals again yeah it yeah, would yeah. be interesting to see how they would how they would be re, you know reacted to these days mm. Mm. yeah right yes so episode three then a lot of setting up a lot of it, a, a lot of backstories filled in parts mm-hmm. of not just the new characters but also we saw more of yaz's mm-hmm. family life and and some of her past as well and obviously enlarging on the doctor's history which mm. included what wasn't probably a great surprise to anybody the the return of the ruth doctor mm-hmm. um i think we were all kind of expecting something of the ruth doctor to appear this this season <clears throat> and that's yeah. possibly a good way of doing it have we seen the last of that i don't know 
maybe, maybe not. We'll have to wait and see. There was we so haven't... much going on, I'd actually forgotten that she came into it. And yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. That, 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 was, that was a that was a pleasant surprise. I really enjoyed that. Yes, it was very good. And I really enjoy her. I think she's amazing. Mm. She's very she is very good. We've also seen a little bit more of, of Williamson, mm-hmm. um, who who this time was actually on Atropos and firing a laser at something that we don't know what it was. And again, he's just been dropped into we didn't see him in the last episode, but we've seen him in the first three and with no explanation as to as to what's going on and, and how he's he's flitting around places. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and clearly he's, you know, he's back again in, in the next episode and we just have to wait to see how that ties into everything. That, mm. That's, I think, possibly one of, going to be one of the most significant elements of the story and we've just not had it explained yet. Mm. Then as the episode obviously progressed, we got more and more stuff going on with the Weeping Angels who seemed to be pursuing Yaz. Mm. And then as it turned out, it looked like that was so that they could get to the TARDIS Mm. so that they could then get the Doctor back to 1967 mm-hmm. because they seem to be pursuing Claire. As we, we saw in the first episode, Claire appeared. And again, that was a tiny little scene, a couple of scenes where she meets the Doctor and Yaz and seems to know who they are. They don't have any clue who she is. She says, oh, you haven't met me yet. Don't worry, you'll meet me. And then obviously she sees the angel. She knows not to blink, but she gets zapped back through time mm. we find out in episode four that, that uh, this is because she had a premonition a vision of certain things the doctor the tardis the angels what have you and that's how she knew what she knew and so it wasn't that she'd known the doctor previously she just had this vision uh, but that obviously took us to to Mediton in in devon and Village of the Angels. And mm. what did we think of Village of the Angels? Wow. <laughs> I think that's pos- possible of the best Doctor episodes ever, seriously. I, I just think it, it was brilliant. It was scary. It was so well filmed. It was so well acted. And yeah, I, 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 I don't know. It just worked. It's, it really worked. It was, I think that you could have sat somebody down who hadn't seen Doctor Who since 1975 and who was scared of it totally. I think you, you could sit them down now and they would they would be scared of it. They would be taken back to, because Doctor Who always appealed to me because it scared the living daylights out of me. That's what I always loved about Doctor Who. You know, sci-fi, well, whatever, you know, but the, the actual scare factor. And that was a very scary episode. I think it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, Darren, what did you think? Okay, I'm, I'm going to preface this by saying I don't like the Weeping Angels. No, okay, fair uh, enough. They, they bore me, generally. I thought they were quite good in Blink. That was a decent story. Then they got overused, and they bore the shit out of me. Until this one. And <laughs> I, would, I would concur with Nick. This was a good one. Yeah, this this was yeah. by far and away Jodie Whittaker's best story, and I would argue probably in the top five Doctor Who stories since it's been back since two thousand and five. Mm, mm. I thought it was absolutely stellar. Uh, Randy, what did you think? Pretty much agreed. It just felt classic. Yeah, in, mm. in just about every yeah. sense of the word. Yeah, it, it was well, in, in many very, ways very, con- was, very contemporary, but also had the feel yeah. of like. The Philip Hinchcliffe era. Mm. Well, 
it was you, it, you know. it brought back memories of what the old classic Gothic horror period, as they call it. And mm. yeah, mm. an English village based under siege. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, you know, yeah. a good a good villain, well realized, yeah. well shot, tight mm. plotting. Mm. Uh, you know, a good story behind it all. Uh, Every, yeah, everybody's um, performance was fantastic. I mean, the little girl was uh-huh. fantastic. The, you know, her yeah. her great uncle. Everybody's performance was so spot on. It really yeah, was. It was. It really yeah. was. You know, um, the the professor. I I I'm terrible with my memory. I've forgotten his name, but Jericho. Eustatius Jericho. Jericho. Yes. 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 That's yeah. the fellow. Yeah. He's he's an intriguing character. I mm. liked him a lot. Yeah, he's back. Well, he's back. Course, he's, he's back, isn't he? I think he does. He come well, back. Yeah, the because episode, so. no. Well, he'll be. He'll, I think well, he'll, he'll be in the, he'll be in the yeah. next. The next yeah. one definitely, because yeah. obviously yeah. we've left it actually with with him, and Yaz and Dan, mm. uh, and Peggy, uh, mm. in 1901. So they're they're all mm-hmm. still in 1901. So he's yeah. he's still around, and we'll still and we know he's coming back anyway. But but it makes sense. He's he's. You know, he's, his part is still going to follow on because he's he's in the time there with them. Yeah. Uh, but that was that's Kevin McNally, who was Hugo uh-huh. Lang in the Twin Dilemma. Yeah. Back in 1984. Yeah. Yeah. It's only taken um, him 37 years to get something credible in Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's he's certainly he's certainly made up for it for now because he was fantastic. He's a very good actor, isn't he? He's a mean, very he's good actor, very and good. this is something yeah. he could properly get his teeth into, and yeah. he really yeah. brought that character to life. Yeah. It and he and Jody, he and Jody together were good as well. I think that oh, they, yeah. they were yeah. fantastic together. You know, to be honest, this I think Jody has been outstanding this season. Actually, you know, she's really I think, whether it's due to the actors she's had or the, the the work, the scripts, whatever. But she, I I so believe in her as the Doctor. You know, mm. um, totally, this one was you know this one was written by Maxine Alderton, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Who yeah. who or, yeah. or jointly wrote with Max, Max, Maxine Alderton, who obviously did uh, Haunting of Villa Diodati last year, which was which was one of the one of the, the better episodes from last year as well. In yeah, I love a, that. Yeah, a that, very that high, high, high arguably, arguably the best, I think. Uh, yeah. Certainly that, right up yeah. there. Certainly right up there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think there was that one. There was um, Fugitive of the Jadoon. There was Spyfall. They were all extremely, extremely strong stories. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but who yeah. works for me when it's scary? I, I, that takes me back to watching it as a four-year-old, basically. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. You know, um, and that's what I want from Doctor Who, really. As, and it's interesting that Maxine Alderton's two stories have both been yeah gothic horror really quite isn't gothic it? yeah yes. very much gothic yeah. And, and, yeah, and, yeah. and it's it's lovely to see that back and it's i think it's you know, i mean there's a reason why the uh, the philip hinchcliffe era is is regarded as one of the one of if not the golden age of the show yeah um, because it, it was it was that very gothic mm. period and it did focus on the the horror and the darker side where while still maintaining the the doctor who-ness of it all yeah yeah and this is exactly what we've had from you know from the two maxine alderton mm-hmm. episodes and yeah. um you know if, if she did well well with that one last season then then she really <laughs> really yeah. stamped her yeah. her her mark on the show with this yes. one because yeah. like like you all you know i thought this was this was phenomenal, um, mm. and again, one of one of the best episodes that we've seen in recent years. And subsequently, as a result of that, you know, ever for that reason, yeah. um, magnificent. Yeah. Interestingly, 
I, when I rewatched it, I rewatched both episodes three and four, two or three days ago, mm-hmm. to, uh, to to make some notes for for this. And whilst thoroughly enjoying both of them, I found episode three I I, I kind of got a little bit more out of because of the reasons I think we we expressed pre- expressed previously. Mm-hmm. This one because I'd seen it once and I kind of knew what was happening it didn't have quite the same impact as it did before which was which was which was jaw drop you know I was riveted both times but yeah but the impact of the of watching that that for the first time Mm. Mm. you know with the uh the whole the angels have been working for the division Mm. and then the bit at the end when you are recalled to division and and the doctor actually Mm. turns into yeah. a weeping angel for the cliffhanger yeah. it's it, it's just it, 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 it's goosebump moments it yeah. shivers on the back mm-hmm. of your neck yeah and obviously yeah. when you've seen it once you don't have that second time although so, i think when i when i watched it the second time i i saw how various things earlier in the episode made sense so you know the fact that the, the angel was sort of trying to fool the doctor and and also you know looking at how characters behaved earlier in the episode and then how they were their exposition later you know i i, I it was, with the benefit of hindsight it made some of the earlier episodes made more of an impact on me in some ways you know um, yeah yeah because the, the characters were flesh knowing the character how the characters progress later in the episode filled them out earlier in the episode you know watching again kind of thing yes i mean look you know the whole when you see Peggy in 1967, yes, in the graveyard, um, with, yes, with the leaving yeah. leaving the notes and things, yes, and, and yeah. it, it does it does yeah. make that explanation. And why she doesn't seem to be that phased by the angels because they yeah. basically mm-hmm. said to her, "We're you know we're not going to come for you." Yeah, now that's her um, punishment almost, isn't it? You know, that's yeah. like yeah, we've had a, our fun with you. And but so I I didn't see that signposted at all. That was so well done as well. You know, I had no inkling that she was going to be the little girl. When I when I I I heard that the you know that the, they were looking for a little girl, and it was fairly obvious that the little girl had been zapped back through time. And you think, mm. well, that's sixty six years back through time, and she's ten. So we're looking for something. Oh, okay, I see what mm. I'm doing here. It's quite likely that it's going to be this this uh, this older woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was a very a very small part of the of the episode. Um, mm. And the, the the main part of it, obviously, f- f- focused on, again, really more the Doctor than anything else. The Doctor and the Angels and Eustace, Eustatius and, mm. and Claire. Claire, um, Claire Brown, what a tremendous character she was and what a, oh, what a yeah. tremendous actress. Again, yeah, very good, you know, very good. The, the scenes with, with the three of those. I like uh, your ceiling, Darren. You've got a lovely ceiling there. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Is it a ceiling? I think it is a ceiling. Is it? A ce- yes, it is your ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> this, this works. This works so well on audio. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I was. I thought I was muting the bloody microphone so I could turn my electric blanket on. For those of you at home, this one isn't technical. So interesting things that we've we've got from this one. When Claire is attached to the to the readout. Mm. Uh, whatever the, the machine is that gives the readout thing that mm. picks up on the brain, the brain patterns and what have you. Mm. Oh, the and EEG she, thing, yeah. The EEG. She speaks in. She speaks in what we assume is the angel's voice. Yes. She says, "There is no time, not any more. The end begins again now, and there will be no escape. Not this time. Not for her. Not for them. Not for you." Mm. And then 
the angel has the TARDIS, which is fascinating because that's the angel. The angel in her mind is the one, the same one that the doctor said was the one that brought him, brought them there, mm. which was from some sort of projection, if I remember rightly, mm-hmm. um, and said the the amount of, of energy and the technique of doing it was must have been must have taken up an incredible amount of of, of power and amount of effort. So mm. that's that's an interesting an interesting thing that we've not seen before mm. with mm. the angels. Mm. Mm. We knew that they were that they were cruel from mm. time of angels with the whole you know soldier Bob thing. Yeah. Where that was done just because they were clearly they were just being cruel. So we've had that side of things before. Mm. But the whole them them working for the division and the, the division use anyone and anything. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Which leads to the question: How, how do they get a, a, a batch of weeping angels? <laughs> Is it all of the angels? Do all well, yeah. the angels work? Yeah, yeah. Well, also, and also, story. how do how do they turn the Doctor into stone? There's got to be a story there. I mean, you know, how how does an angel become an angel? Maybe you know. Yeah. That, that well, how much do they get paid? Exactly. Do they get, do they get yeah. holiday pay? Do they get yeah. sick pay? Do they? Well, obviously, because they're time traveling, it's paid in lieu. I would imagine. You know, it's um, they they get it back <laughs> dated, don't they? That's brilliant. Yeah, but, um, but I, I was also reminded Mars about. Um, I mean, uh, in a bit of an outside, but looking back at you know how class finished because the angels came in at the end yes. of class, didn't they? Yeah. And that was never explained. So you know, I I wonder whether maybe Chris is almost paying a bit of lip service to that. Maybe you know the. The angels are bigger players than anybody has ever realised before. I, I think one thing that, that we have to speculate on is obviously because the whole of the rest of this season is is Chris Chibnall. Yeah. And this is the one episode that's co-written by somebody else. Mm. Is this because Maxine Alderton wrote the story last, last year, yeah. maybe already had this story set aside? Yes. Fundamentally, yeah. maybe not not all of it. You know, they may not have had all the division stuff included in it, but the the, the fundamental weeping angel story with um you know with the village. Yeah. So was this something that was that that Chris Chibnall saw and thought this is a cracking good story. We can't let this one go. I need to get this one into this season. Mm. And then mm. when he knew he was mm. going to write it as the the overarching thing, then work everything else into it. Is that yeah. is that how he's part of it? And whether yeah. how it's co-written. Yeah, or, possibly. I mean, yeah. I dare say we'll find out in the due course of time. But yeah. it, it does it does seem as if this is this is certainly the most self-contained. Yes. Of the, the, the stories yeah. that we've had so far. I know we've had um, elements of Bell's story still going on through it. But fundamentally, you know, you, t- you could take those bits out and you could focus just on the on this as, as the angel story. And it and it's. It's the most self-contained, apart yeah. from the whole thing about the division yeah. uh, uh, that, that's come in at the end, which you can you can definitely see was possibly something that that Chris Chibnall mm. has added to what was already a very good story, and I yeah. think in in yeah. itself actually makes it better because and, cl- and cliffhangers are back. Oh, mm. and oh, wow. the cliffhangers have been they've super. been brilliant, all yeah. of them, all of them, have, every single yeah. one. Yeah, 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 every single yeah. one. You know the. Yeah. Oh, the the uh, this is this is what the end of the universe feels like as the as the flux seems to come through the TARDIS, mm. and then we've got the whole thing with Swarm and Azure and yeah. and Yaz and and Vinda are trapped and mm. they're going to be zapped 
you know, and 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 destroyed with the with the click of a finger, which is starting to happen at the end of the episode. Yes. And then yeah. the angel has the TARDIS, and now we've got the Doctor yeah. as a weeping angel. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. as really a as a fantastic. as a run of cliffhangers, this, yeah. this I think possibly has to be the best run of cliffhangers that mm. we've ever had. Because uh-huh. yeah. you cannot, you can't imagine how you're going to get out of any of them, really. No. Can you? You know, no. yeah. and we still don't know how the first one was resolved. No, no, exactly. Yeah, and the, and the second yeah. one was it did feel a little bit like when you used to get the old Flash Gordon black and white serials that used to come on that obviously yeah, were on the holidays in, in the holidays. in the in the, yeah. in the in the cinemas to begin with, but yeah, that were shown on the TV and and you know and so you'd get a cliffhanger at the end of one episode, and then they'd come back the next the next for the next episode. And they'd completely change what happened so that it was something different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it felt, well, hang on a minute, that's a bit of a cheat yeah. getting out of it. And this whole how the doctor actually got out of the the end of episode two and resolved that in episode three, it wasn't really explained. I think it had something to do with the fact with when the the, the division doctor, as I suppose we could potentially call um, call Joe Martin's character now, when they were on Atropos, there was a they were going to blow the doors to the temple. And I think it was, I think it was Vinder's or whoever Vinder was playing said that they had this device that would slow down time, but they would still be able to move at normal speed. Whether, uh, yeah, whether yeah. that was, was what was used because okay. the doctor said, you yeah. know, I, I can, I can, you know, I can move fast and she, but, but you know, to, to move that quickly when somebody's just mm. clicking their fingers, you know, mm. Mm. From a physical perspective, it, it's just not possible. No, no. So there had to be something else going on there, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and it was all very dramatic, and you know, and and it was it was great. And it, ultimately, it didn't really matter that much. It was more the fact that you know that that this is what she did, and she and and and, and it resolved it resolved things. But it, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't explained that well. No, it wasn't. No, and no, and, it, and it did leave yeah. you thinking. Well, what, how how did that actually happen? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And another thing that made me set up and, and go, oh, bugger me, that was good. And it sort of ties in with being critical of the special effects, because this is where they really stood out as being superb. I love the flaming angel. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. That was very clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that was that, very clever. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so many, so many great angel yeah. shots from, yeah. from this. You know, you've got yeah. uh, when Gerald and Jean have been transported back to 1901 mm. and, and he's still he walks past the angel and they're going no no don't go near it don't go near yeah. it and and then they just crumble yes. like that uh-huh. um, wonderfully the, done. Wonderfully. the angel coming out of the tv yeah 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 um, and just just the thought of an angel in your mind i mean that's that's uh-huh. isn't it you know you know because your your mind has the image of an angel so the angel's there in your mind as well oh, all of it they've, it's, they've added it's theory, so much, thinking about you know. this Thinking about this, that means that if you've ever seen a weeping angel and you remember it, yeah, it's there, <laughs> it's there, isn't it? Yeah, it's got which you. is so. In that case, the angels are literally everywhere. Anybody who's seen an angel, you know, there is an angel there. Maybe that's why the division used them, they're very powerful. You know, you, you've got an unstoppable force there, potentially, haven't you? It's a fascinating thing. So, they've, yeah. they've really, they've really sort of. They've used stuff that we already knew about the angels. You know, obviously, Time of Angels brought us 
the image of an angel holds an angel within it and so they can they can extrapolate that we had this this wonderful thing with the um the claire sketch being torn into some very equally <laughs> dimensioned pieces yeah <laughs> um, which then which then come back together again yeah. um, that brilliant bit with the ecg machine when it's yeah, when it up claire's mind when it when it, mm-hmm. it comes up with the image of the angel yeah. as well yeah yeah and and obviously the you know the whole of the uh, the end scene but the, the bits where the angels are used traditionally mm. in the or you can't see them all the lights are flickering mm. kind of thing and then mm. and you get this all this stop motion thing when it's mm. going on it's just so well done it was well done I so well done and I, I was looking at forums and there's a bit of debate I mean some people are saying this is the best this this beats blink you know and um it I, I, I think this could I, I think Wouldn't, how ironic does, would it be you know, yeah. How ironic would it be if the best Weeping Angels episode actually ended up being not this one. the one that well, Stephen Moffat do, do, do any of you listen to the, the Radio Times Doctor Who podcast? Because the Radio Times does a Doctor Who podcast once a week. And they when they were talking about the angels coming back, they actually said that the angels in Blink are actually a bit thick. Because they're a bit, almost, almost like the B team, because, you know, they, they get trapped with the TARDIS disappearing and the angels are set up well in Blink, but they're not as clever as they could be. There's lots of, you know, mistakes they make. Whereas this time, you know, they're, they're, they're on it all the time, aren't they? They don't let a thing pass. You know, they're, they're planning, yeah, but, they're cunning, they're... Um... But it also leads to the whole, that leads to the thing with with them, that... We, we obviously we saw in Blink that if if two angels are facing each other, then that's it. Then they're then they're observing each other and they're 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 buggered basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we had a similar thing in this one where the doctor's saying, you know, right, if we we both run at the same time, then yes. the angels are facing each other and that's it. They'll be they'll be trapped. Yeah. There are there are various times, and this is where the where the whole thing must... very slightly falls down, where where you do have angels facing each other, where you do have scenes mm-hmm. where there isn't always somebody looking at them. Must be a real bugger when a baby angel's born. Would you like to hold up? Yeah. <laughs> no, can't look at it. It's not mine. <laughs> He's got your eyes. I don't know. I'll never see them. <laughs> Isn't isn't it interesting that that in the whole of the history of Doctor Who there there haven't been a great many silicon based life forms? No. You know we've had the Ogre, we've had the Castrians. Uh, yeah. I was going to say the Crotons, but they're they're crystalline rather than crystalline. silicon. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But certainly Swarm and Azure seem to have a certain sort of silicon yes, element to them, okay. and clearly the Weeping Angels are, are yeah. stone based. Yeah. Um, so suddenly, suddenly, silicon-based is the way to go. It seems. Yeah. Mm. And Gallifrey does seem to be very sandy. So. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, with that, guys, I've got to bow out. Bow out. I'm sorry. I must. I've got to go. So I'm going to give you a quick review. I'll just say that I think once upon a time I'm, I'm going to give nine, and Village of the Angels I'm going to give ten. Okay. So and I, I must say good night to you guys now because I've got yeah. to get to sleep. Okay, so, we won't we won't be that much longer anyway. Well, but, lots, but lots of love to you all, and I'll catch you with you soon. Okay. All right. Cheers. Night. Catch you bye, everybody. See catch you bye. Catch you bye. Cheers, mate. Bye. Uh, yeah. So another thing with the angels that we've not had before, and whether this is a genuine thing or not, we don't know. 
but the fact that there seemed to be a rogue angel. Now, whether there was mm -hmm. actually a rogue angel or whether that was an angel just pretending to be a rogue angel to, to get the doctor, but it, it did feel like that the angels were actually after the rogue angel mm. until they realised that it was the doctor and then that their priority changed. So the fact that there could be a rogue angel is is intriguing because the angels have always seemed like the classic sort of Doctor Who monsters whereby the, the Cybermen are all evil, the Daleks are all evil, the Mandrels were all evil, whereas very rarely you would get uh, something like the Ice Warriors where some of them were bad and some of them weren't, which is mm. something you would more expect. And the Weeping Angels we've always disregarded to be, well, they're all bad buggers. But suddenly there's there's one that, that was clearly a bad bugger seems to have its own mm. agenda, which is, again, intriguing. And we'll see you next week. And at, this, <laughs> uh, at, at this point, I'd like to bring in Sue for her opinion. Sue's probably fallen asleep. Clearly <laughs> died of boredom. <laughs> Go and hit her over the head, Randy. <laughs> Get your walk out. <laughs> hit, her, hit her on the probing vent right so i think yes i think we've we've, we've i think we've pretty much covered it oh, one thing we haven't covered and again this is going back to the visuals of it that whole thing with with the village when the village ended and then it was just the universe didn't that look amazing yeah. it looks stunning yeah as as did the whole 1901 to 1967 effect with mm. yeah. with, with um, jericho's wonderful line of why are you at night <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant stuff. But he's, so, yeah. he's, I, I like the way he's so methodical and seems to take everything in his stride as if it's just sort of like something else to observe scientifically rather than what the bloody hell is going on? Well, it's it's a, the very sort of stoic old English character, almost like a Henry Gordon Jago in a way. Yeah, mm. yeah. Or, 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 you know, or, or a Professor Lightfoot. I mean, the mm. fact that, you know, when the angel starts talking with his voice, he goes, how dare you talk with my voice? You know, it's, it's apart from anything yeah, else, you, you, you it's not imagine, polite. <laughs> you can imagine Jago saying that, oh, you've got my dander up now. <laughs> oh, he's, yeah. um, he's, a, he's a great character. Like and yeah. it, it's, it's fascinating because obviously he's, you know, it's less than a week since the episode went, went out and already people are saying this, you know, if they're going to do a spin-off series, get Jericho in to be, be uh, mm -hmm. you know, because he's got the whole psychic research thing. So that would tie in very nicely in the I, 90s era, I, very much fits with, with the whole Doctor Who thing. So I could see Big Finish picking him up for, for Torchwood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, he could, yeah, he could he could end up being being part of, of Torchwood in 1967, couldn't he? Yeah. Or 1901, if he if he ends up staying back in 1901, because who knows yeah. what's going to happen to him as time goes on. So, and obviously it's 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 pointless speculating about what we can expect from next week's next week's episode because <laughs> who knows? Who knows? You know, cl mm. clearly we're what we do know is that we're going to get the ood coming into it we're going to get mm -hmm. kate stewart coming into it which looks like mean it means we're back to the current day the next time trailer very cleverly didn't show the doctor as the doctor the only thing we saw was the doctor as an angel 
So yeah. we've no idea how how that's going to resolve. We've seen Carvanista again saying that Earth's shield is now pen penetrable. So does that mean that you know something else is going to get in? The Grand Serpent is back again in a different time zone. So yeah, it's, it's just it's it's fascinating. But there's only two mm -hmm. episodes of this left, and it 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 feels when we thought we were getting a six part story that's almost going to be six hours long. It, the questions I think were like, well, is this are they going to be able to sustain this over? Six episodes. It's I've, now I've, to the point where we're thinking, how are they going to get all this wrapped up in only another? <laughs> I think while the flux itself might conclude, perhaps I think large elements of it are going to be carried on until she regenerates. I think I think the fact that we know that we've got two specials, I don't think we're going to have much carryover into the the New Year special because they've released the synopsis for that now, and whilst I'm not ruling out the fact that it may have they may have have elements of this i think that's more likely to be self-contained because it's a traditional christmas stroke new year special the uh, the easter one that we're getting next year however i think will tie into the bbc centenary episode which obviously is going to be jody's last so clearly there's there's going to be some follow through from what we're getting through with all of this i, I thought we were getting three next year i think the three next year are the new year's day one yeah, then Easter, then, then Easter, in all, and then uh, the in and November, then the, and then the yeah, I think that's the three. I, I mean, I, I, I very much hope that there is a, that there is another one, but I, I as as far as I'm aware, that's what we're looking at now. So yeah, bizarrely, that means that we're five episodes away from the end of the Jodie Whittaker tenure in a year's time. Yeah, Which sounds bizarre and ridiculous and. Does, especially as now she really seems to have found her feet. I'm not, I'm not saying she's been bad by any stretch of the imagination, but she seems to have absolutely landed it in this series. I, I think you could you could argue exactly the same with Chris Chibnall. I could I think yes, his, yeah. His three seasons have they, they got off to a, an okay but rather pedestrian start. They very much ramped up last year, um, and then this year we've we're into overdrive and. Maybe this is why Chris Chibnall, you know, said he was going to do three years and, and then out. Because if he had an idea of what he was going to do for the three seasons and the first season, the, you know, the BBC said, well, we're changing day and what have you. So we want everything self-contained. We want it to be all quite relaxed and non-threatening non and, and ease people into it. And then he was ramping up last year. And then this year he was, he was always, you know, if, if this is the case, he was going to hit us with what we've had. Would he have been leaving himself with nowhere to go? <laughs> because it, it seems very difficult to think of how you could yeah. ramp things up from what we've had this year, really. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were trying to say something, but you just take a thing. No, I've got I a thought, hiccup, so I do beg your pardon. That's all right. I thought you I thought you were going I but <laughs> you weren't, you were just I'm just, <laughs> just hiccuping my way through life. One last thing before we, we give our final thoughts and, and scores on this. What did we think to the ending of Village of the Angels, which was, it looked like the episode had finished. Uh, we'd had that phenomenal mm. cliffhanger. And then the, the, the music starts and it's like, what, what, what is this? Well, because there was no bass line. Yeah, that was weird. That was very strange. And then obviously the picture breaks up and we go back to that little final little scene with um with bell 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it, it did. Obviously, it didn't fit with the rest of the episode. I mean, we'd had the certain, the certain bits with Bell and subsequently with Vinda as well, of course. Yeah. See, my gut says to tell me that it, did, that it didn't work, but context is everything. And in the next couple of episodes, it may well work with hindsight. So yeah, I'm I get, a, I get a feeling, I get a feeling that it was something that they felt they needed to have in this episode but clearly because of the way the whole thing had gone there was almost literally nowhere else to put it and so rather than interrupt the climax to the episode itself they sort of tacked it on at the end but it did it did feel a little bit like it should almost have been a post-credit sequence almost more than anything else yeah sticking Um, it in the middle of it yeah that was it, it was very disconcerting it was, although, although interestingly, if, if you remember when we had what little pre-publicity we had for the series, there would be like, you know, BBC trailers for other shows that would be briefly interrupted with little flashes mm-hmm. of, of Jodie Whittaker. And it was the same kind of thing as this. So that actually, that's quite clever tying in into that. But to tack that on to what we'd built up to did feel a little bit, of a of a change of pace possibly too far although you could argue of course that people could have got to the end and thought wow that's amazing and then stopped it and then they didn't get that end bit so it didn't <laughs> make a difference. yeah so it's all it's all very interesting anyway so randy we'll come to you first of all okay how are you going to score these two episodes i would say once upon a once upon time once comma upon time yeah there's no a in there yeah there isn't no. It's oh. it's 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 a it's yeah. a very easy mistake to make, particularly when yeah. we've so recently had twice upon the time. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But, once uh, upon time. Clever uh, title. Uh, thinking. Yeah. Thinking. Probably an eight with the expectation that that may rise in hindsight once learning where some yeah. of the threads lead. That it, uh, that it might raise my feelings of the ingenuity of the mm. the structuring yeah. of it. And Village of the Angels certainly a ten. Okay, uh, Darren, what are you thinking? Well, I'll I'll go back to the first two episodes. Yes, yes, yes. We haven't had your scores for those, those have we? So, yeah. So the so the Halloween Apocalypse. I think I'll give six out of ten. Okay. Because as I say, wasn't mad about that one. War of the Sontarans. I will give a solid eight. Okay. That was fair enough. That was a, a, a decent effort. Once upon time, yeah, I think I'd give that eight as well. Maybe okay. an eight, maybe an eight and a half. That's fascinating but, because earlier on you said it wasn't as good as War of the Sontarans. <laughs> yeah, I did I? Yeah, you said it was it was very good. It wasn't as good as War of the Sontarans, which was which was brilliant. You said, <laughs> yeah, you just scored it slightly higher. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know. I think. And the more we've talked about it, I think I think it's got that sort of intrigue mm. that that maybe maybe it could almost push an eight and a half. It's not getting one, but it could almost push it. <laughs> Whatever the hell the angels episode was Vill- called, village of the. Uh, that's that's the easiest ten I've ever given an episode. Okay, that was just a corker. It, it really absolutely it that. absolutely was a corker. I will give 
what did I have? I had eight and a half for the first one. I had nine point two five for the second one because I didn't want to <laughs> give it. I didn't want to give it nine and a half because I didn't know there was there was room to go and all. And, and subsequently, I think that was very sensible because I don't think I could have gone up higher than uh, <laughs> that much higher than nine and a half on, onto this one. So I think once upon time, I will give. Uh, I'll give that an eight because I do think it's one that you you benefit from rewatching. I think when you watch it the first time, it, there's just so much going on that that you don't necessarily take it all in fully. And I think obviously most people who watch Doctor Who, the vast majority of people, because we're talking obviously, you know, the millions who are watching it as it goes out, um, they will see it once. And so they're, they will only get that first experience. And, the, and it is a slightly confusing thing, particularly for, you know, for those people who, who, who don't follow the, the show religiously. So, yeah, I think I think an eight is probably fair for that. Very, very good. But possibly the weakest of the three up to that point. For Village of the Angels, it's it's, it's I'm going to give it nine and a half because in the same way as I indicated, <laughs> we don't know what's coming. And we could yet find out that what's to come is uh, is going to be better yet. Because let's be honest, it, the standard has been ridiculously high so far. And it could be that the best is yet to come. So I'm, I'm just giving it a little bit of wiggle room to uh, going forwards. Could be, uh, like, you've, like you've both said, when... When the, the the whole thing is finished and we can look back it as 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 a one complete story that you then break down into subsequent parts that what's coming will change what we've seen already and therefore might make your appreciation of them change. So it could yet be that uh, Village of the Angels goes up from a nine point five a, a nine a nine point five yeah, but yeah I mean just just ridiculously good such a such a strong series and i thought last series was good this one is um you know the standard is higher throughout i think because whilst last last year we had uh, a higher percentage of extremely good stories there was still two or three that were bubbling under a little bit mm. whereas i don't think we've had that this year so far and i know we've only got six episodes but at the same time you know, you get one that's a bit of a clunker. Um, it, it really sort of brings down the, the overall score of the whole of the series because there's so few episodes, whereas the, the standard has just been so high. Yeah, it could this could well end up being one of one of the very best episode a uh, series of, of Doctor Who in its entire history. And interesting that you know this is something that we haven't seen before, apart from you could say the Key to Time series or the uh, the Trial of a Time Lord where a whole series mm. has been has been linked like this and it, it's not been done in the same way no. key to time series was was six individual stories which had one thing linking them all and you know you could take that thing out of most of them and it wouldn't really have made any difference trial of a time lord very similarly again because that was four or three separate stories that were that were tied together by the whole trial thing, which yeah. obviously became the fourth part of the series. 
whereas this is is much more interconnected throughout mm -hmm. so there we go listeners that's what that's what we thought let us know what you thought we're, we're putting out our, our episodes on twitter we'd love to uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on how things have been going and what you've thought whether you agree with us or disagree with us what you think is going to come in the next couple of weeks that would be great but we will be back to uh, to finish our our three-part review of this series in a couple of weeks time so please join us for that uh, in the meantime it's cheerio from me go on go on you can do it and it's cheerio from him <laughs> I was waiting for Somebody Nick. Had to say it. I decided to be polite. Uh, not Nick, um, Randy. <laughs> I, I could, I could, I could, I could, I could, I could get Nick's Nick's farewell and and edit that into this part, but <laughs> I probably won't. <laughs> it's farewell from Sue. Oh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Mm. I thought right. everything was out. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna score it at twelve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on that note, <laughs> listeners, goodbye. Okay. Sure, okay. Good <laughs> Tatty bye. Start or don't start. Come on, for f's sake, I've got shit to do, you useless piece of junk. Okay, Google. Tomorrow at 1 p.m., remind me to reinstall HP scanner software. Sure, I'll remind you tomorrow at 1 p.m. But you f***ing don't, you useless <laughs> Okay, Google, in 30 minutes, remind me to take my tablets. Oh, you do that in the middle of the morning, aren't you? Me not well, being dead is more important than your I, 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 I think, yeah, yeah, it, it edges it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's this bloody prick email DMing me on Twitter now? Oh, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> me responding to you. I'm just setting up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> All right. I've been I've been called far worse. <laughs> it's the first time I've listened to that in years. Let's play the rest of that tomorrow. Hey so, Google, tomorrow at 2pm, remind me to finish the Jean-Michel Jarre album. Sure, I've updated the time. The God, reminder called to take my tablets is now set for Saturday at No, no, no! I thought, I thought Google had Sue's voice then. Don't update the time Sugal. for the reminder. Google! Stupid <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> don't talk um, to Sue like that. I don't know why I'd bother with you. <laughs> So there you have it, listeners. Look at that. We managed to keep it relatively short. For two episodes, that's not bad going by our standards because, God, we can talk. Uh, in two weeks' time, we'll be talking again where we're going to review the final two episodes. We're hoping to have some more guests uh, involved this time. We're hoping Cat might be back. That would be great, wouldn't it, to have Cat back? We haven't had Cat for ages. And Sue might have even seen something you don't know by this time and might even have stayed awake. More strange things have been known than that. But let's find out what happens in two weeks' time. In the meantime, take care of yourselves and we'll see you then. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to Doctor Who's Line Is It Anyway? If you'd be interested in joining the cast on either regular or semi-regular basis, or even just as a one-off, then please feel free to do so. We're always looking for new cast members, and as you can see, it's a lot of fun. Just get in contact with myself or any of the usual crew via Facebook, Twitter, or any of the other usual means. We're all easy to find. So, yes, please just get in contact with us. Similarly, if you'd like to suggest anything that we can do, you could suggest a conversation we could have, you could suggest uh, an improv idea that we could use, you could suggest um, character traits or accents or storylines for particular stories. We're always welcoming things like this and we'll use anything that we can. We would also welcome things like artwork or music, or in fact, if anybody would like to do any editing that's it's very interesting doing the editing it's hard work it's time consuming but it's really satisfying when you see what comes up at the end so if anybody's interested in doing that please get in contact with us obviously you can find us on stitcher on anchor fm on apple podcasts this have probably how you're listening to this in the first place and if you could be so kind as to leave us a small review and a like that would be really appreciated it boosts our figures and gives people a better chance of finding us when they're looking for Doctor Who podcasts or comedy podcasts or improv podcasts. Anyway, enough of that from me. We'll see you again next time. Bye-bye. From all of us here on BBC One, a very good night. Good night.